perhaps the most common criticism leveled against Jesus by the Pharisees was that his teaching conflicted with the teaching in the law and the prophets. This is one reason why the story of the transfiguration is so important, and it was especially important to the early church. The fact that Jesus is seen conversing with Moses, who gave the law, and Elijah, the great prophet, it showed the apostles that Jesus' ministry was not contradicting what they had revealed. Uh, In fact, what the law and the prophets taught is very much part of the same body of teaching that Jesus taught. It's part of the same story. Uh, The stories from the Old Testament, uh, again, they don't contradict Jesus' teaching. Uh, They really actually help us understand the works of Jesus that we hear about in the Gospel. And they help us to understand how to live our faith in modern times. Consider the first reading from last week. We heard a short portion of the story of Noah's Ark. This story actually prefigures baptism. It helps us understand what baptism means for us. In that story, we heard some of God's promises. God promised that he would not destroy humanity with water. Instead, he uses the waters of baptism to give humanity new life. Well, this week we heard another important story from the Old Testament that helps us understand the works of God. And yes, the story of Abraham and Isaac, it challenges our modern ways of thinking. In fact, I had a friend in college who struggled quite a bit with the Catholic faith that he was raised with. He was not going to church when we were in college. Uh, And he would often cite this story of Abraham and Isaac. He would use it to question God's goodness. He was absolutely horrified at the thought of Abraham sacrificing his son. And he felt that this story showed that God was not good. And I never really knew how to respond to my friend's objections. It took me quite a while to realize that his reaction to the story was actually correct. This story is supposed to horrify us a bit. I imagine this story being told to the ancient Jews. I imagine their elders telling this story late at night, the people's mouths gaping open in wonder. And as the elders told them that Abraham raised his knife above his head, about to take the life of his son, I picture the people holding their breath in suspense as they worried what was going to happen to Isaac. And I imagine a huge sigh of relief 
They collectively exhaled as they heard the angel tell Abraham to stop. Because that emotional reaction that these ancient Jewish people surely had for this story, it was very important. It served a purpose. It was supposed to help them understand the events in the life of Christ. All right, God orchestrated these events that we heard so that we can understand what was going on in the mind of the Father as His only begotten Son, Jesus, was offered up as a sacrifice. Because just as Abraham was preparing to sacrifice his son, Isaac, God, our Father in heaven, was already preparing to offer his son as a sacrifice for our sins. And as we look at the story of Abraham and Isaac, and as we look at the story of Jesus' crucifixion, you'll notice that there are some similarities in these stories. All right, the first... Both of these sacrifices were to occur on a mountain. All right, that's one way that God connected these stories together. But another one that's very important, and we didn't hear it in the first reading, but if you read the whole story, you'd see it, is that Isaac carried the wood of his sacrifice up that mountain. And so we also think of our Lord carrying the wood of His instrument of sacrifice, the cross. We think of Him carrying that wood up the mountain as well. And that's important because anyone who knew the story of Abraham and Isaac, they would have seen this similarity. They would have noticed it. And this was, would have been evidence to them that God was actually orchestrating both of these events. Just as we might sympathize with Abraham and think of how difficult it must have been for him to offer his son up as a sacrifice, so we understand perhaps a little bit of what was going on in the mind of God as his only begotten son was sacrificed on the cross. God, the Father in heaven, who loved His Son Jesus perfectly and completely, allowed Him to be crucified to accomplish His plan to save us from our sins. Now, Paul talks about this a little bit. We heard it in, our, in the second reading. Uh, he acknowledges in this letter to the Romans the crucifixion. And he reminds them that God didn't spare His Son but handed him over for us all. For Paul, this was a sign of God's love. He asks, how will he not also give us everything along with him? Meaning the resurrection and eternal life. For Paul, the proof of God's love was that he offered his son as a sacrifice for our sins. That proved it to him. And it was that belief that God loved him enough to offer his beloved that enabled him to live the gospel with conviction. In order to live the gospel in our own times, we must be thoroughly convinced 
of the Father's love for us. And I'm happy that the story of Abraham and Isaac happened. I'm happy that it's in the Bible. Because without it, we might not understand the crucifixion properly. We might not see it as a sign of the Father's love for us. And of course, the story of Abraham, uh, it helps us understand what the crucifixion was really about. And this is why the crucifix is such an important sign for us to remember. It's not a sign of shame or guilt. It's a sign for us that God is on our side and working for our good. And it's a reminder of the promises that He has made to us in Christ. God really does love us all so much that He offered His only begotten Son as a sacrifice so that we can enter into eternal life with Him.